From the beginning, we started Everyday Driver to help people find cars they will love. Commuting is a chore, but driving should be fun. If you like to drive, then there are cars where your budget, needs, and fun all intersect, and we want to help you find them. I'm Paul. I'm Todd, and this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. Hey, welcome back to another episode of The Car Debate, and this is our last in a long series. It's been a long series, but a great series on talking through the enthusiast ideas in every major car maker, yeah. which is really We've cool. We've been having some fun with this. I want to throw a shout out. We have, and you guys have really enjoyed it. It's actually been a, a top 10 automotive episode multiple times. Thank you, guys. Great. We're getting a lot of really good reviews and ratings. Please keep reviewing and rating. I know we keep saying it, but we keep saying it because it's important, and it actually gets oh, yeah. our podcast found easier. It keeps growing, and that's entirely due to you guys, so thank you for that. Also, I want to do a shout-out to Juan Manuel, whose idea this was in the first place. If you have an idea for something you'd like us to discuss that is about cars, doesn't isn't necessarily a car debate for you, but is kind of a general car question you want us to debate. We are open to that. Obviously, we've enjoyed this, so throw those at us as well. We love ideas. Coming up tonight, yeah, absolutely, We're completely absolutely. open Co- to that. Yeah, coming up tonight, we have our last round of these uh, uh, enthusiast cars by manufacturers. So tonight we're covering Scion, Subaru, Toyota, and Volkswagen, and Volvo. That is our list for this evening, and then I think. We're done. Of course, along the way, we're imperfect. We've forgotten some and had to backtrack on some, but we're trying to cover it. Our rules are less than 50K yeah, yeah. and no more than 10 years old. So 2005 to now, and you can get into it even if it's used for less than 50K. You know, there's a lot of cars we've got to discuss tonight, but first, there's two that just got announced this week that have both Todd and I very intrigued. And uh, mm-hmm. I almost said interesting. <laughs> we had somebody write in actually making a joke oh, yeah. about every time we say certain words, it's sort of the drinking game mm-hmm. with Paul and Todd on our podcast. Which is great. Which is hilarious. So anyway, I almost said interesting, but I didn't. Anyway, so. Hey, it, hey, let, let's add to the <laughs> drinking game. It is. It will be very interesting tonight. Awesome. I love it. The, the, the three words were interesting, price point, and speaks to. If we say any of those three words. You have to take a shot. Then, uh, you know. So I'm going to say, if you want to follow along with the drinking game, tonight will be very interesting as it speaks to multiple price points. So here we go. Awesome. All right, here we go. So these two cars just announced are the Focus RS. You know how much we've really liked the Focus. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. And uh, the car that I'm just thrilled about, and I could talk the whole podcast about this. Ladies and gentlemen, it is the Porsche Cayman GTS. No, GT4. Sorry, GT4. The GTS. That's right. You're right. GTS is cool. GTS, but the GT4 is what we've all I've been got talking GTS about. On when my I say mind. all, I don't, I don't mean Paul and I. I mean everybody oh, yeah, in yeah, the yeah. car world has been talking about put a Carrera engine in, put the 911 engine in the Cayman. Why won't you do it? Why won't you do it? Well, they're going to. They have 385 horsepower, 3.8 liter Carrera engine, six speed manual. Yeah, I've ladies been, and gentlemen, <laughs> the Cayman GT4. You're right. I've been going through stats and specs and and reading about. It's not just the exterior, some body cladding, that kind of thing. It's not just the engine, but it was a lot of other kind of components, notably from the GTS, because they worked out a lot of mm-hmm. stuff from the transmission. So that's why I, you're right. Yeah. It is the GT4. You know what? I also had read for a long time that Porsche was investigating turbocharging this Cayman, you know, seeing spy cars, yeah. and they were thinking it would be turboed. I would have been fine with that. But honestly, I'm glad they actually finally stuffed a 911 engine in this bad boy. It's been yeah. asking yeah. for it since the beginning, since Forever. they came out from the Boxster prior to the Cayman. Mm-hmm. The car Agreed. has been begging Agreed. for this engine. 
I'm sure somebody's done that somewhere as some sort of one-off monster, but finally, here it is in production. Yeah, mm-hmm. the GT4, yeah, this is a hallowed name among Porsche Motorsports. It's sort of like the small M division for BMW. It's not a large group, and they do treat it as a separate mm-hmm. entity, this GT Motorsports group. And they're taking bits and pieces from the GT3, like I said, the GTS, yep. and it's a whole lot of stuff that they've thought through. I am just freaked out about this car, and quite honestly, considering both the Focus RS <laughs> and the GT4, wondering what like savings account and investment yeah, account I've got to tap. I like, know you. You're wondering, oh my gosh. you're wondering what you can sell for a GT4. And here's the thing. In a lot of ways, it'll be everything that is awesome about the GT3 versions of the 911, but cheaper. And I would yeah. submit to you, because of the mid-engine uh, setup and how awesome that chassis is, possibly better, not as powerful, but possibly better than the GT3, which is almost twice the price. Yeah. This is listed at, it'll start it, and it's already on the Porsche website. You can look it up right now. It's not like this is a concept. It is coming, people. Listing starting at $85,000. However, we know from the Porsche Ooh. options catalog, I will be shocked if you can touch one for less than 100 k Well, I'll be maybe. Shocked I mean, it kind of is a car that is what it is. I don't know that you want to go too heavy on yeah. options with this thing. It is just the six-speed manual. It's just Alcantara covered interior. And I, I know, you know, I don't know that you want to go or could go too many options. Yeah, they're they're the experts along with Ferrari. They are the kings of options. But you're, but you know, your carbon ceramics will be an option because they're an option on the car. That'll be ten grand before you blink. So you're already at ninety five instantly. And then what are you going to put on it? Maybe an extra piece of Alcantara or the little, you know, sport chrono thing on the dash. That'll be 100K before you, you haven't even breathed hard yet. Yeah. I haven't even tried hard. And so you're right. Even though this will have a, a shorter options sheet than you could get on a normal Cayman, which has got so. options galore, I still think you'll be very hard. And then, of course, they'll probably mark them up. I'd be very surprised if anybody can touch one for less than six figures. We'll see. I hope so. We'll see. I hope so for my sake. Let's be honest. I know I'm you do. just freaked and, about and this as, car. And as your friend, I hope so for your sake, too. But <laughs> anyway. Uh. You know what's also intriguing, though? <laughs> At a completely lower price point, it hasn't been announced, but this mm-hmm. RS. We love the ST. Yeah. The Focus ST, the Fiesta ST. They're great cars. Yep. And this, what I'm... We what talked I'm about it a here, couple episodes ago. This is... Yeah. Uh, derived from that 2.3 liter EcoBoost engine out of the Mustang that you and I just mm-hmm. drove at track day yep. recently. Yep. Man, I was impressed by that. Think of that engine mm-hmm. with more power going into a lighter car with all-wheel drive. All-wheel drive. Finally. Hatch. Yeah. It seems like well, here's car the companies I mean, are listening to everybody now. Is it? Is it me? It just kind of seems like well, they come out with something that's good, and then everybody goes, you know what? If only you did blank. And they're doing it. Both these cars are proving You know, it's interesting. That. That, that's fascinating that you say that because, you know, one of the things that strikes me when you say that is this. I think the only reason they're listening is because every car company is so niche crazy right now. What mm. could we sell a hundred versions of? You know, BMW ten years ago they weren't as exactly, but hundred uh, you know, ten years ago they weren't as interested in that. Now they're very interested in if we could sell two hundred cars of that. Let's do that just to be able to say they have another model. So I mean, that's the interesting thing about this. The RS though, we you know we talked about it last year. We did that video on the uh, the twenty fifteen STI. Talked mm-hmm. about it being the last of the breed because the Evo is going away. The 300 horsepower, all-wheel drive, hot, not, unfortunately not a hatch, but you know what I mean. That world, where is it? And suddenly, with the Golf R and the Ford Focus RS, there are three players in this world now, all operating 300 horsepower or above. This has become a fascinating market segment, again. And Ford is doing so many things right for enthusiasts. We talked about that at the Ford segment really of these. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm just I'm noting that it seems like these cars are being 
developed and sort of looked at more as track cars, even though, of course, they're street legal and mm-hmm. you know you can buy mm-hmm. them for as enthusiast. It just seems like that Golf R, this Focus RS. What's intriguing about this Focus is that I'm reading, we're reading the same things you guys are, and we're reading that Ken Block served as a development consultant for this car. That can only be a good thing, of course. <laughs> I'm I'm going all right. So uh, turns out I can't afford the the GT4. Hmm. What about this Focus RS? I wonder how much that's going to cost. And I'll bet you it's forty ish. The the ST is well. I think far less than that. To be competitive, so. to be competitive, it's got to be in the STI. It's got to be in the STI to Golf R range, which means thirty five to forty. To be competitive, yeah. it has to be there. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just going to price itself right out of consideration. Oh, sure. I'll be shocked if it's more than if it's more than forty. I I wouldn't be surprised if it drops, and we'll see. I also wouldn't be surprised if it drops with a with a list price of like thirty three or whatever. But you really are getting them for thirty six to forty. That's my suspicion. Sure. We'll sure. see. And of course, what I'm again, it's all reading. It's all here's the info, and, and you know, Ford hasn't even said they're saying over 315 horsepower. What does that mean? Ooh. 316? <laughs> oh, seriously, sure. but they're not saying they're going more than 315 horsepower. Yeah, that could oh, mean oh, anything. Just give us the number, right? So anyway, but all-wheel drive, which is interesting. Now it is a front-biased all-wheel drive system. That yes. front-biased all-wheel drive However, system going in a straight line would be 100% to the front wheels, but it can go, what, 70% to yes. the rear? Yes, it says you can throw 70% of the torque diverted to the rear axle, but then you can do 100% left or right to each of the rear wheels. Of that 70%, you can you can yeah. split the torque. I, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm reading you know, engineering speak and going, what does that mean? I just want to drive the thing and understand – you know, when we're coming out of a corner like that, what does it do? How does it feel? Well, and it, but I'm glad that it can throw more of the power to the rear of the car. Unlike that first Golf R that we drove, that was more just yeah. like a front wheel drive car with you know that sort of smelled like a rear wheel drive car. It wasn't really, <laughs> you know, ode to rear wheel drive. Yes. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Um, I'm really intrigued to see how this works because you know you had the and I'm sorry to bring up the Evo but it, but it relates here you had the Evo which was throwing power around the car with all of its various differentials you're actually throwing power to all the wheels you have the STI now which some of the way that it's actually changing what power happens is because of brake vectoring not because of pushing power around which right. it does a little bit of that too but also it's doing brake vectoring so is this Focus this Focus is not just throwing power around it's throwing power around to the back wheels but right. then it's doing brake vectoring on the front so it's an interesting mix of technology Technologies and it is a Ford in-house all-wheel drive system. I am fascinated to drive this car. You know, Ford's doing so many good things. I kind of wish it was. Typically, auto manufacturers come out with the most high-performance model right before a styling change, right before the model change. Oh yeah, I don't right know if that's right. really the case for the Cayman, but that Focus styling is a little bit. You know, it's been around for a few years now, and so they updated the yeah, front clip. Yeah. It looks like they put the rear diffuser. It looks great, but I kind of mm-hmm. wish they did mm-hmm. this recipe to. A really updated, the latest Focus, whatever that is. The new one. You know, I Do get that they have to chassis, have the though. development time for the for that particular chassis over the years. They've got to work out kinks. They've got to improve things. I understand that, but I'm going. All right, I I like it a lot. I really do. I just wish it were mm-hmm. just the newest, you know, most recent iteration. I can you see know, that. More, I can see a that. A more stylistically updated car. The best you can do is that mm-hmm. front intake. It looks great. I want one. I'm. That is a serious contender, you realize now. The Alpha's <laughs> been up there. I've been thinking about that mm-hmm. that 235 or an M2, the BMWs, and now mm-hmm. this comes along yeah, this week, yeah. and I'm going, 
holy crap, this is great. Yeah, you're just getting hit from all sides <laughs> with great options. And you're, you're going to have, whenever you buy your new fun car, which I know is coming soon, uh-huh. you're going to have a heyday with it. There's so many good options. And they're all, they're, they have so much variation. That's the thing about it. They're all, it's not like they're all good options in the same market segment. You're all over the place yeah. because all the different market segments have got really cool stuff. If you have 50 grand legitimately to spend right now, maybe a little bit more than that, maybe if you can go as high as 60, you've got tons of... Of great options right now. It's 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 shocking. Yeah. Well, speaking of fun cars, a little segue into what we're doing tonight with the, the remaining yeah. brands, and that is, uh, you Let's know, we're it. talking about the Scion, and I'm glad that uh, the Scion and Subaru, those twins, along with the Toyota FT86, mm-hmm. I'm glad those triplets or twins, whatever you want to call them, are kind of you know in this podcast all, all bunched together yeah, here. All together. Which is nice yep. because we're also talking about fun cars, you know, and just what about a lower price thing? And that would have mm-hmm. to be the FRS. It'd have to be a BRZ, something like that. You've been yeah. finding them for what? Like 16? Didn't you send me one for like 16 grand or something like that? Yeah. Or was it I less mean, than they're that? Been, they've, been out, they've been out long enough now. And I'm not talking about, look, if you want to buy one that is a a salvaged title. <clears throat> don't, don't do yeah, that. Yeah, don't do way. that. I've if, never if you want to buy one that's good. a salvaged title, you can, you can pull a 13, 14 grand version and you could roll the dice if you want to just, hey, if you were just doing a track car throwaway car and you want to roll the dice on that, maybe. But if it's going to be your, your main car, I would not roll the dice on a salvage title. You can get them for cheap. But I'm talking non-salvage title, actual cars. They're really selling. Of course, it's all the first year 2013s. And it's also all, this in the U.S. at least, this is all the FRS selling this low. They're selling for, you can find them 16, 17. By 18, you can find a lot. Oh, so man. they were new at twenty three, twenty four, and now they're already at eighteen. Now I I know what's happened. I mean, they had any any car that gets hyped. I'll go back to one ten years ago, or so, when the new Volkswagen Beetle came out. Hmm. That was the it car, in spite of not being a good car to drive. The it car, and. Tons of people bought them. They were highly in demand. And then six months later, there was a glut of them on the used market. That's happening with these cars. Even though they haven't been huge sellers, a lot of people bought them because of the hype and six months later unloaded them. So now you can get them cheap. So, yeah, Scions, those Scion FRS, you can get them for under 20 for certain. I have a theory about these cars. Keep going. I have a theory. Well, I should speak real quickly to the difference. The first three brands we're talking about are Scion, Subaru, Toyota. All of those have got one of these, I guess, triplets in it. Right. So to speak on it really quickly, in case you're listening overseas or wherever you are, let's just talk this through. The FRS is essentially the base model interior version of what you are offered in the Toyota GT86. And the Subaru comes in both options. It comes in the lower interior option with the, the rollable dials, and it comes in and the upper can, level yeah, with the you can order more touch stuff start. Yeah, you can also get the limited, which is the better version with the, the touch ignition and the and the electronic uh, HVAC controls and that kind of thing. So th- those two options exist in the Subaru, but not on the Scion. Then in the GT86, you can get either of the above. You get the Scion styling, mm-hmm. which I kind of like better. I'm not, I mean, I... Neither one of them for me is perfect, but I kind of like the Scion styling better. But you get a Toyota badge, and you can choose your interior quality, which you can't do in the FRS. That's the main difference of these three cars. There's tons of rumors out there about, well, this one has different suspension, and this one is not really. Yeah, It's pretty no, much just what's your interior choice. We've kind of debunked that. I, I've got this theory about these cars, and I'd, tell me I'm wrong, please. But we're talking about sales of these cars, and it's definitely in the mm-hmm. category of – Wow, a great enthusiast car, performance car. They're going to stop making it if, if people don't buy them. That's what has happened to mm-hmm. a lot of performance cars that we've seen from Honda and Toyota 
two manufacturers oh, yeah. that have been known for these fun sports cars, lightweight driving machines, and they seem to have a dearth of those cars in their portfolios right now. You got to look back, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. a couple decades ago and you think, wow, they, they used to do this. They know how. So this theory is that these cars, and I called them version 1.0, and that's because mm-hmm. they lacked power. And it was the power discussion yeah. that we have had endlessly. I'm wondering of course, everyone if has. the general public has kind of lost interest because Scion and Subaru, Toyota and Subaru, have kind of shot themselves in the foot by not even offering a power upgrade or tantalizing. They just... They've kind of gone yeah. radio silent just on this issue. They've it. just kind of yeah. said, we're not going to do it. And everybody's just been waiting. If they had, I bet you sales would have surged. Or if offered some sort Maybe. of retrofit kit. We've talked about uh, the yeah. Toyotas. They've got the TRD. They would go turbo. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, they would go supercharge. No, they would Subarus go supercharge. would go turbo. Subaru because Subarus are known yeah, yeah, for the yeah. turbos. Mm-hmm. If they had offered a package, much much like you know, we're talking the Lotus Elise, you can get that retrofit supercharger. Do the aftermarket, pack, the aftermarket yeah. package. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just mm-hmm. wondering if they would have kept this thing alive more because it seems like the hype is out there. Yeah, they're good cars, but it's just kind of dying because if you want more power out of it, you've got to throw some money at it. Get that electric supercharger yeah. that um, mm-hmm. that you and I have been talking about, or or do something that means. Your cost the big goes supercharger. Up. Yeah, yeah. So if, if yeah. Toyota Subaru well, the, had put more power, said version 2.0, you know what? It's going to have 240 horsepower, kind of what you asked for. Just like we talked about at the top of the show here, it seems like they're not listening to enthusiasts to me. I wish. Yes, but I think. I wish. Everybody has. I do, too. I do What's everybody going wishes on with these cars? The, Am I here's wrong? Here's the counterpoint, though. Uh, here's the counterpoint. I hear you, and I agree. It would be awesome if they would, but there's two problems that would come with that. One, the car would now be thirty grand list. Oh, which I don't think it'd be now that much. In, it wouldn't have to be. Now the interior becomes an issue, a genuine issue. I mean, right now you can debate it, but you can go, okay, it's a low $20,000 car, mid-$20,000. Subarus are that way already. You buy a WRX you're right. and you're not Once impressed, it, to be honest. Fair point, fair point. Once it hits thirty grand. That becomes, I think, more of an issue for people. But here's, I think, even the bigger issue. Pick your enthusiast car. And I'm actually, let's throw the, G, the GTR in this discussion. In spite of what the Internet would suggest, there are not that many people, money in hand, that are going to go buy a Halo enthusiast car. These FRS BRZ were talked well, about by everybody as this is going to be yeah. the greatest thing ever. And then you know what? All the people that were going to buy them knew have now done so. And the numbers are kind of gone. They've fallen off a cliff in the last year as far as new buyers because people who were going to buy them did. So what happened? And even if it had more... But, but that's the thing. This is the reason that most manufacturers stop making these cars. I will... I hate to say this because I like these cars. I'll be shocked if there's a 2.0. I will be shocked if they continue it at all into second generation because I think the numbers probably aren't going to work out. I hate to say it. It makes me very sad. But... You know, yeah. The enthusiast rage for go buy these cars, but the truth is the people that are actually buying have either bought them or it's crickets. But you it's, want it's, – It's happened. They're already customers, and it's like the Apple model of sales. Back when they were doing the iPods and the iPods were so hot, they came out with the yeah. you know, huge disk space. You know, it was a giant leap, a giant increase. Now on the iPhones, it's sort of like, well, don't you want to throw yeah. away your yeah, yeah. one-year-old iPhone and get this new thing? And there's a lot of people who do. <laughs> They actually upgrade sure, within, sure. you know, still within their two-year plan or whatever because they want yeah, the latest yeah, yeah. thing. That's how you keep customers. If they had come out with a 2.0 and said, you're right, 
this car needs more power. We're going to put the, power this, the turbo or the supercharger kit. We're going to make that mm-hmm, available for mm-hmm. people with the 1.0 car, especially for used buyers to get into the brand. Everybody who bought yeah, that, maybe. like you maybe. said, everybody who bought in the first go around, guess what? They're going to sell them, dump them onto the market, buy version 2.0 because it's better improvements. Maybe. And they're willing maybe. to pay more for it. That's what companies do. That's that's the business recipe for success. And it you'd, seems you'd like think. they're not listening to enthusiasts because now you're right. They've all bought the car. Everybody knows what it can mm-hmm. do. Everybody wants more power. The end. Now what does everybody yeah. do? What do we do? People will sell them because they're moving yeah, on away from that brand into Ford, the Fiesta ST, the Focus ST. They're discovering mm-hmm. Volkswagen. They're going to other brands. Maybe back to whatever brand they loved and grew up driving a BMW. Say. Yeah, fair point. They're going back to those cars because they tasted it. It was okay, and they're leaving it behind. It was fun. That's why you're we finding want more power, and they're not going to do another exactly. version. Interesting point. That's maybe, why they're maybe you're, you're finding right. a couple year old cars for such low prices. This is not an expensive German yeah. luxury car whose prices fall yeah. off a cliff yeah, yeah. in depreciation. You're right. Why are these being? Dumped it shouldn't on have the dropped market? this fast, and it is. Because, yeah, because there was hype and there were a bunch of people that bought them and six months later said, this is not the car for me. Right. Or six months later said, I have to have more power. The people that and own them, And they start them, looking up and around large, and go, hmm. They love them. But, yeah, I mean, those, I, I, I hope they do a 2.0. I hope they do a more power version. But we've all been hoping that from the beginning. And I do not. I'm not going to hold my breath. I, I really it's that am. It's that but, company screw you model where, hey, they did 2.0. They put a whole lot more power in. Well, I got the 1.0. Well, I'm going to sell it and buy the other one, even though grumble, grumble. Mm-hmm. You know, that company, they sure got me. Maybe. But you're going to buy it anyway because you know you want it. And... Yeah, it's sort and then of all like the 1.0s become stripped out track cars, which hey, yes, that's the other thing about it. Enthusiasts Strip have to, the the enthusiasts out have of to them, realize turn them into if you know roll cages and full on autocross yeah. or track cars, and that's when to throw your money at you know upgrading the power and yeah. that kind of thing. But until it, then, here's the thing about this though: <sighs> for all of the enthusiasts that are desperately looking for these to drop in value, so they can buy used, they ones, have hate to say it, and and, and I, here's the thing: but I I am the used car buyer. Somebody has to buy them originally to keep the, the market being fed with the new ones so we can have used ones to buy. So this is the yeah. thing. These, I think the FRS BRZ, I think its days may be numbered. I hate to say that. But we should also move on to other Subarus. Um, I, I do want to say real quick, somebody's going to say, wait, about what about the TC? I was going to throw that in there. The TC is your, yeah, your front-wheel drive Civic competitor from there. That's the world it's in. It's not even as high performance as no, the No, I've not SI. driven that. Have you? It's a Toyota product. Uh, I think I drove one at Tracta years ago, but clearly it didn't make much of an impression. Right. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't bubble up to the top you know, I mean, of enthusiast cars, and you think of, hmm, what do I want yeah, to buy? It's, it's, it kind of picked up the mantle of the Celica. That's what it's tried to do. They they, they killed the Celica. And frankly, the, the FRS BRZ, that, that should be the Celica. But whatever. Yeah. Uh, the... So it picked up the mantle of the Celica. They tried to – that's Scion, of course, being the whole American youth brand, a complete marketing exercise. But it is front-wheel drive. You can get it in roughly 200 horsepower. It, it, it's the Civic model. It's the Civic competitor from Toyota. If it intrigues you, that's the world you're shopping in. But it's not a go-to performance car. That is clearly the FRS under the Scion brand, yeah. which gets us to BRZ under Subaru, which brings us to, hey, Subaru, of course, WRX. Watch our BRZ versus <laughs> WRX piece. About the same money. Which car's up for you? You know, watch the WRX STI piece. That was the car that mm-hmm. I really liked. That floored me. And that was about, wasn't it about 38 grand, 40 grand, somewhere in there? I mean, the one we had was about 30, 37 or okay, so. Okay, that was fully yeah, loaded. I forget, I had to pull it up. Yeah. Brand new 2015 yeah, car. Really like that. I, yeah, Subaru just, 
they've still got these other cars in their portfolio. And, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. customers get into the BRZ and then they look up and around and they think, I want more power or I've got, you know, I've got some needs. I've got kids. I've got people needs yeah. and luggage yeah. needs. They're going to stay in the Subaru family. Toyota and Scion don't have these cars to do that with. Subaru's yeah. got well, the WRX. Subaru- they got the STI and you're going to go... I want the more power. It is a great car. We reviewed both of them back to back and thought mm-hmm. yep. this, the new WRX is a stutter step behind the BRZ in terms of handling. Yes, the BRZ is better, but in handling, yeah, yeah, the yeah. WRX is still a delight. So you could stay within yeah. the family, keep those customers, stay in the family, and get more power. Well, Subaru is having a. Just the last calendar year, 2014, had, I think, its best year ever in the American history of the company. I mean, they outsold just about everybody out there. It's astounding how many cars they sold. And the truth of it is, the lion's share of that was not the WRX or the STI. It was the Outback and the oh, Legacies. Oh, sure. And those the, are their those bread are the and they sold the most of. And, but they are a... a they are a brand now that is a player as far as numbers are concerned. They're killing lots of companies in the past calendar year, which is amazing. Right. And in spite of that, you talked about usability. Of course, I have to say it. WRX, STI, either one, no hatch. That does kill some usability. There are people yeah. out there that they have lost now that are going to go, let's be honest, Focus RS or Golf R or whatever because they want hot and a hatch. Yeah, but they could go 2010 STI like you and I drove and compare yeah, it against they could. Uh, they could, the, but the 2015 STI. You could go back used a ways and you still get that hatch. Yeah. They're still available. You can't. They're, the one we drove had 80,000 miles and it was you can just beat on these cars and they're great mm-hmm. for a long, long time. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, they can be great. You could save they some money and go, uh, go back in years and still get that nice hatch. But it now, would obviously be nice the STI, the STI has that same engine it's lumbered on with for about 10 oh, years. Oh, sure. There's sure. some some sealed problems you can look. Hey, you don't have to. You can whisper toward Google, and it will tell you about the problems with that engine. It's like the Porsche so, IMS uh, bearing problem. It's the same kind yes. of deal, even so though there are it, failures. It exists. Yeah. It exists. Yeah, yeah. There are, there are ways to fix it. Blah 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 blah. So know that that STI engine has that issue. That 2.5 liter that's been around forever. The WRX is the engine out of the BRZ with the turbo the BRZ needs. That is the more <laughs> in, uh, interesting, better engine. There yeah. it is. Uh, so, in a lot of ways, I prefer the WRX if you're going to spend money on a new uh, Subaru uh, hot all-wheel drive. But two others we should mention, because somebody's going to think of it. One is the Forester. That 04 to 08 is, uh, look, in its even if you get the turbo, that's not an enthusiast car, but underneath the skin is that WRX engine. So if mm-hmm. you want to go it tuner is. with that it's car, there. people have gone tuner with it and can make that interesting kind of boxy hatch look. They take that. There's some interesting JDM things that have been done to it. You can make that an enthusiast car. I don't know that it is out of the box, but there are people that do it. Interesting. Then there's also there's also the other one that is the WRX that I think is the more specific out-of-the-box enthusiast car is you buy yourself a Legacy GT. The the mid the, the yeah. late two thousands yeah. of that it is the WRX for an adult I hate to say it that way but if you feel like you and and hey I it's say a this bigger, as a guy that car. owns a WRX loves the WRX I think you don't have to say hey I'd have to grow up and get a different car but if you get to that place where I couldn't own a WRX it's too young a car for me if you have that feeling okay <laughs> Legacy GT it's like a Camry it's, with it's, a WRX engine in it. Let's be honest. But that's the thing. You don't get a camera. You don't get an Accord. Don't get those cars. Right. Get a Legacy right. GT. It is more interesting, and it's actually more enthusiast-based. You know, you and I were at Cars and Coffee just this morning, and Gavin, our shooter, pointed out uh, 
I think it was a Forester or an Outback, and he said, yeah, he blew his engine and dropped an STI engine in that bad boy, and I thought, of course now, he did. there you go. That's the way to do it. You've made, Total you've made the jokes before. There, there, is a, there is a sense of Legos about Subaru. Oh, yeah. Both in both in the styling, but in the good side, also in the engines. It's just it's they're plug and play. It's like, well, that one's out, and this one's well, in. See, here and, you, you know, go. I mean, like my... So why are, why doesn't somebody offer that for the BRZ? Find a oh, wrecked yeah. WRX, hey. drop it into the BRZ. Four bolts done. Well, I think the engines that engine's too too high. Of course, I guess you mean the the new WRX. The new WRX engine. That's about. what I mean. Interesting. Well, just, I mean, who it's knows? A great Somebody's going to do from it. Subaru. You can buy it, upgrade, <laughs> done, and done. Seriously. Well, I, I hear you. I hear you beating that drum. Okay, let's move on to Toyota. Of course. Hey, guess what? The GT86 goes here. We've already beat that to death. And yes, guess what? I'm going to say it again. <laughs> We'd like it to have more power. Moving on. And if you move on uh, from that the, car, what else do you go to in Toyota's current well, lineup? You can go backwards in their current, to the Celica. In their current new lineup, you can go to the Nada. Nothing. You, you have to go back. You can go to the Celica. Got to go use the MR2. No. That third generation, right up until about yep, uh, the Spider mid 07. That MR2 Spider. Mm-hmm. Now yep. you've driven that car, right? That MR2. I have. I've driven it kind of hard. Yep. Kind of dug that every time. You come away, it's sort of like me with that here's Honda CRZ. It's like you with the MR2, right? Yeah, the, here's the thing about that MR2 Spider. I don't know that it's very attractive. Oh no, uh, and I will say ugly. this, I will say I will say this about it. The interior is kind of awful. <laughs> I mean, both in usability and in just look. It looks like the bargain basement early 2000s Toyota. Well, like brand new, they nice just interior. like traded you one of those for some loose couch change, didn't they? They were really yeah, it's, cheap. It's just, it looks very cheap. It feels cheap. And unfortunately, this is a mid-engine, uh, I mean, it is great mid-engine balance. Uh, sorry, let me go to good things for a second. An MR2 Spider, it doesn't have much power, but it weighs 2,100 pounds. It weighs nothing. Right. It weighs around Miata or less. It's got 140 <laughs> horsepower, but it will keep up with an NC Miata, and it has great mid-engine handling. Now, I feel like, getting into personal bias now, I feel like you sit a little bit higher than I'd like to in that car, just a smidge. I was like, I want to be a little bit more tucked in. And higher the, the by, gearbox and, is a and little... And by higher, you mean your eyes are above the windshield, so you're looking out, you're poking <laughs> through the top? This car is small, Not, not higher. It is small. <laughs> not higher because I'm freakishly tall. I fit in it fine, which is actually quite, a, quite an accomplishment. I could eyes and eyebrows poking above the top of the windshield. Like exactly. Looking around. But it has that, that mid-engine problem with the gearbox, which is true of the Lotuses, for example, where it's a little looser than you'd like it to be. When they have that, that rear-mounted engine or the engine behind the gearbox, I mean, behind the cabin, often right. that gearbox feels a little yeah. loose. It's true of, exactly. It feels, feels that way in the Lotuses, too. Now, Porsche solves that, but nobody else seems to get it quite as good as Porsche. But that MR2 Spider, if you want one, if you can make it work for your life, that's the thing. It is a compromised car. I mean, you think the, the Miata <laughs> or the S2000 don't have storage? It's about fitting it that's into your thing. life and your garage and everything else. If, if here, I would it's say cheap. MR2 Spider for cheap cheap track car. Go buy one of those yeah. for seven or eight grand. Or go, go track that but guy. But at that, that point, so much go fun Miata, go MX5 if you're doing that. Go, you know. Yeah, you can, but... I, I think the MR2 Spider has got to be considered. Yes, there was the Celica that also died just inside our 10-year mark here. Yeah, that was six uh, or so. That was pretty long in the tooth. That was the seventh generation up until about 06. Mm-hmm. And th- one of their yeah. last performance models was this GTS. Now, uh, also yep. a car I didn't drive. See, that's the thing. Toyota has this in their history. They know how to build oh, these absolutely. cars. This car was no rally question. bred. It came from a long line and long history of rally cars, winning rally cars. 
yeah. the Celica yeah, was was yeah. known as this sort of the baby performance. If you couldn't get into the Supra, hey, we've got this mm -hmm. Celica over here. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. it had the same problem that I think the the triplets are going to have, and that is customers lose interest. It needed to have more yeah. power than it does. I think that GTS had like 180 horsepower, not not more than 200. I know that 180. I mean, it, it's the it's the engine from the Elise with a little bit less power. Okay, six speed. Well, there we I mean, go. That GTS was the one to there go with. There we go. Uh, That's why know, that so car it, it died. Decent. That's why all these enthusiast cars but it's died. Also, but it's also front-wheel drive. I mean, the yeah. early Celicas weren't. The early Celicas were rear, and then it becomes a front-wheel drive car, and it becomes bland with the rest well, of the Well, they Toyota's had all-wheel drive in that sixth generation, too. They had all-wheel yes, drive, yes, and it did. was just and that was interesting. sort of back Absolutely. to this rally breeding and this fun sports car. Uh, yeah, I, I'm bummed that, you know, as much as we bag yeah. on Corollas and Camrys and Avalons and pretty much the rest of Toyota's lineup, they know how to build sports cars. They have this in their... In their blood, in their DNA, and they've proved that with a couple of show cars. That most recent uh, yeah. FT1 yeah. or something, sort of the new coming of the Supra. Oh yeah, they have the, the got crazy to Supra build thing. that thing. Yeah, they've got to. It's sort of Who like knows? the resurgence well, they, of enthusiast cars, and they need to build these cars because if those triplets go away, what does Toyota have? Yeah. Nada. Well, and. and you know, if you're going to do that enthusiast, uh, you know, aspirational thing, you have to have a stair step. You have to have a ladder. You have to have a, the FRS, which is your beginning guy. You have to have your guy then at 40 grand, which is the next yep. one up, which is your super. And then you have your 80 or 100 grand. You've got to build that stair step. They don't have it. They've got like a rung of the ladder, and they're not even sure about that one. So yeah. anyway, that, yep. so that Celica existed. It died, you know, about 10 years ago. There were some good things about it, but it's a front-wheel drive car. I actually liked the look of that car, especially when it first came out. But the Celica is is a shadow of its former self, and in fact, in this case, the GT86 should be the Celica, but it isn't. It should. All right. So, okay. Let's keep rocking to Volkswagen. There's uh, quite a few yep. in Volkswagen's lineup, and uh, I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna start out with a curveball with one a okay. brand new Golf that we just drove. That was the diesel, the TDI. I liked that car. Okay. It right. it wasn't not fun. It's not a performance car. It is not the GTI. <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't not it fun. Wasn't not, I like how, that. How else do I say it? It wasn't I want that on a shirt. It wasn't yeah. it, it wasn't bad and I thought, eh, diesel, huh? This car could convert me to being a diesel owner. I mean, of course, if you live in Europe, everything's diesel there. If you want to build yeah. a world car, it has a diesel engine and a four-speed manual transmission. Anyway, <laughs> but I liked the Golf diesel, this TDI. It felt it's it well, had the good thing torque. Is, I thought, wow, this could convert me to diesel. It had, it had great torque. It had great torque. Here's the thing: it keeps all of the fun usability. Wow, this is a nice car. Elements that the GTI has, yeah, but gives up some of the handling prowess and trades you easy commutability with torque right off the line and great gas mileage. Yeah, so it's not. Thing. It's if you're going enthusiast, yes, let's go GTI. But you really can't go wrong with the Golf. The Golf is a good, usable car, but you really got to go. I mean, enthusiast, back road, I don't want the TDI. No. I, I need the GTI. Of course. For sure. You know, we've uh, driven the, the Mark Six and also the Mark Seven on track. We've not done a full review of the Mark Seven yet, mm -hmm. but we're talking about uh, Edgar had a Mark V, didn't he? Um, yeah, and so did uh, so did Bob. Oh, you're yeah, right. Anyway, go on. We had a couple people that had Mark you're Fives. You're right. Yeah, oh, absolutely. my gosh. Those were Mark Fives. I didn't like the styling on those quite as much. I liked the jump from Mark V to Mark VI. There was some refinement. Yeah, the headlights shrunk in size. I felt they were a little bit too big. And mm -hmm, I, mm -hmm. I liked what they did in the Mark VI. Um, yeah, the Mark VII is, is more refinement, of course, but any one of those well, cars the in thing. there, they're fun. The, they're great. The GTI... 
the GTI is Volkswagen's 911. Hmm. It's just there. There isn't there isn't a revolution in this lineup. It's just let's tweak this. Let's refine that. Let's let's change this line instead of going up in this generation. It goes just across in this one, and it bulbs out in this version. It's just tiny little. It's, it is I their like 911. It's never and a lot be like those different. early 911s. They also had plaid seats. Mm-hmm. Plaid seats yes. rock. They're awesome. It's it's never going to... The thing about plaid seats is plaid seats are awesome for those of us that are talking about cars right now. If you're not an enthusiast, <laughs> they look in your car and they go, why the hell do you have plaid seats? Porsche had leftover plaid material. That's it. Here you go. It's a, why don't you put those in the car? It's a thing you have to explain. That's the thing. Well, you know, but I'm an enthusiast. <laughs> I'm a weirdo. I have to explain it anyway. But that is a thing you have to explain. But, but the thing about the GTI is it is just which version can you afford that you'd like to get? Because it's not that it goes, oh, this one's world's better. It's a refinement of the last one. Yeah. Look at the look at our fifty sure. years of nine eleven. All of those cars are fun. They just keep getting a little bit more refined and better. Which is the one for you that you can afford? That's the GTI discussion. I will say though that Mark Five, the people I knew that owned ones, they put a lot of money into them to keep them running. I'm just putting that out there. Yeah, I I, I hate I just, that I hate Volkswagens it, have that reputation. I yeah. I really like them, and I. I like them despite that. They're sort of like, you know, in the supercar category of, yeah, this and that and that sucks, <laughs> but I love it anyway. I, I want to yeah. – I like Volkswagens a lot, and I think they're getting better. Honestly, I I mean they're sure growing in size, and they're wanting to be, yeah. you know, huge. Yeah. And, and at the price points they're going for, they've got to be good. They've got to be the German, you know, Toyotas and Hondas. They've just got to be. Hopefully. But I, yeah, I don't I, know that they I are. I like what but you're I saying, you. and I hear you. Um, that Golf R, though, is endlessly intriguing to me. I mean, the new one that Europe has the had. The new one? Yeah, yeah. Those yeah. lucky yeah. ducks. You've had it for like a year and a half before it's even coming to the States. Every time I've been there and mm-hmm. I've seen one, I go, oh, I cannot wait to drive this car. That's going to well, be. Well, our problem with the first. That's going to be. Our the problem thing. with the first gen Golf R. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm very fascinated by it. The problem with the first gen uh, Golf R is it wasn't all wheel drive enough and it was too expensive for what you Agreed. got. Agreed. However, it was like I think if you grand. could find one of those, if you could find one of those used, that's the GTI you want because yeah. it was the slightly hotter GTI. And if you can find a good deal on a, a previous gen Golf R, honestly, that's a worthwhile enthusiast car. Great fun worthwhile. It just wasn't what we hoped it would be and what Volkswagen sold it as for that generation. I think the new one hopefully will be a genuine, well now Ford, Ford Focus RS and uh, STI competitor. Yes. That'll be an interesting market segment. I'm fascinated to drive the new one for that reason. You know, if you can't go Golf R, you could go back a little bit further and go R32. That was the naturally yeah. aspirated V6, yeah. all-wheel drive. Yeah. I think, mm-hmm. I don't know what the weight on that car was. I want to say it was a little bit heavier and Again, it's a big brick up front, unfortunately. Yeah, but yeah, not a car that I drove, but I like the recipe. I like everything about that car. And whenever yeah, I see absolutely. them, I saw one mm-hmm. today at Cars and Coffee. You and I were there, and I, I saw an R32 there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are mm-hmm. cool looking. I really they are like cool what, looking. They, I agree. what they did. I'd like to actually drive one and, and have uh, – mm-hmm. that's what we could do is all the generations of the Golf, the GTIs, end with the R32s and the yeah. R. That could be an idea. Ouch! That's an enormous. That's an enormous shoot. That's a lot of. That's a, starting. <laughs> we thought the 911s was big. We're gonna fly to wow. Brazil and do starting Fox back at, you know, and no. Oh man! Anyway, 
starting back at the dawn of man with his first GTI, which was just rock wheels. Anyway, moving back on. Back in 1978. Uh, so, no, just kidding. Um, the, uh, so we should mention the, the Jetta GLI. If you want your GTI in sedan form, Volkswagen will sell you one. That is the Jetta GLI. <laughs> so that, I'll, just, I'll just blanket that. If you, don't want it, if you don't like a hatch, if somebody in your life says a hatch is a station wagon, you've got to go sedan, but you like the GTI, find yourself a GLI. And if you want a GTI, but it's wearing a, a <laughs> but it's wearing the Beetle suit, you can get the Turbo Beetle. You know what? You could also you get could. the Diesel Beetle. Those things are rare and weird. I see one every so often. Go, who yeah, are you? I can't. Why? I can't recommend somebody car? buy a car because it's rare and weird. The thing is, if you're looking do. at a Turbo Beetle, I'm gonna I'm gonna save you. I'm gonna save you a step. If you're looking at the Turbo Beetle, let me just shorthand this for you. <laughs> buy a GTI. <laughs> And done. Although, okay, just, I, I just admit moving the on. The new Beetles with the flattened roof, they've. The flatter, flatter roof on it? It's better it's looking. Better, but, I would still never consider it. But it's. If that's you and that's. I mean, when well, the Beetle I, came I out. One. I tracked one. I tracked a Beetle Turbo, and what's hysterical is as soon as you close the door, you go, oh. I'm in a GTI. I could wear a 10-gallon cowboy I mean, hat in this car. There's so much headroom above my head. But it, but it's a, everything about it's a GTI once you close the door. So just, yeah. I mean, you're, you're essentially buying a factory body kit. Just buy the GTI. Yeah. You know when that car first came out, it was kind of fascinating because if you didn't use the flower vase for a flower, you could stick a cigar in there. You could personalize <laughs> it. And it went beyond – it went beyond for, for consumers. It went just – past uh you know sort of the typical it's got the engine and safety and functionality it went more towards the personalization aspect and that's what sure, has sure I, I think uh influenced other car manufacturers in various ways but that little signature item was sort yeah. of like a huh you can do that oh i guess they have and, well, that's, and it's that's manifested the whole mini itself in, in other cars. Exactly. It's manifested itself in, in minis and the uh, Fiat 500. And every car mm-hmm. now has these mm-hmm. little quirks and little things about it. Yeah. That that's yeah, what, what drives flag, consumers. Uh, combination or what insert do you want? And yeah. Blah, 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 yeah. Blah. yeah. I hear you. I hear you. Exactly. All right. So, so let's touch on, let's touch on Volvo yeah, quickly. And here. we're actually going to wrap up this list with Volvo. Uh, Volvo used to make kind of weird sleepers. It was the that random uh, station wagon sitting next to you is surprisingly hot with a turbo bomb under the hood. They don't do that as much anymore, um, which is kind of unfortunate. But at the same time, their cars have become a lot more mainstream. I mean, the the, the Volvo sedans. Every time I'm in one, I'm like, this is impressive. And of course, we went on and on about the new XC90 from, oh, the, from yeah. the LA Auto Show. Yeah. That's an incredible SUV. Of course, that's not an enthusiast car. So in enthusiast cars. I've got the 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 C30 down here. Okay. Which yeah, in I stick that. shift, you you get the 6-speed stick shift. That's look. You're probably going to have a better enthusiast car elsewhere for similar money. The GTI for God's sakes I, is is a better choice than the straight up C30, but the C30 is interesting. It's fun to look at and it is genuinely fun to drive. Eh, if that's a car that intrigues okay. you, I it's Here's okay. the thing, it's a car that intrigues you, it's fun and, and worthwhile. I think you can do better as an enthusiast car in other brands in that same Absolutely, market you can do better. I wanted to like the C30 in both generations, in both styling generations. Yeah. I wanted to like that yeah. car more than I do. It's, it says this is a hot little performance car. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, it shares the Mazda uh, Mazda 3 chassis, the, the prior Mazda 3 chassis. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. If you're mm-hmm. thinking about that car, get the Mazda Speed 3. Just 
I found the brakes to be mushy on the C30, and it seemed like it's like the Lamborghini Countach thing. You'd rather be outside looking at this thing than driving. It's kind of boring inside. It's just sort of economy car. Not that great. It's not a really a performance car, and everybody outside the car is sure enjoying looking at me, but I'm not having any fun. So. Don't get I a think C30. it's I think it's fun for, okay. I think it's fun for what it is. I think it's fun for I, okay is fair. I think it's fun for what it is. I think you can do better in the same market segment. The, With a the jam on my toast is fun for what it is. I mean, it's just <laughs> Wow. Wow. <laughs> All righty. So apparently we're moving on from Volvo. No, anyway. just the C30. Uh, <laughs> there are some cool cars from Volvo, notably the S60 and that uh T5R yes. made up until 2009. I like that mm-hmm. car. All-wheel drive. Six-speed in that, too. Turbocharged. Yeah. Now, that's a performance car. That is something. If you're okay. shopping for BMW right. 3 Series, go look at this car over here. At least give it a look, yeah. Yeah, it's like a 300-horsepower surprise sleeper. You're right. That is a worthwhile one. You get that R. That is, you're right. I will. Take and they've also there. done this second-generation R design. Uh, they've, you know, second-generation uh, S60, and they've kind of renamed mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. and, you know, Shuffle things around, but uh, that thing is now up to 325 horsepower. That thing's kind of hot. Yeah, it's not kidding. It's not kidding around. Yeah, I mean, it's it is. It's your it's your BMW 3 Series also ran competitor. I don't know that you run to Volvo, but if you do, there is a worthwhile <laughs> car there. Definitely run to Volvo. Hey kids, we're going shopping at Volvo. Well, maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> First ice cream, then a movie, then shopping for Volvos. <laughs> Can you let us know. off at home uh, before you go? Thanks. <laughs> Terrible, terrible. <laughs> and then there's that new, I have to say, that new V40 uh, sedan. I mean, that V40 uh, wagon, little hatch wagon. I'm hoping for a yeah. hot version of that. I like the look of that car. That is I, cool. I don't have any experience with it. I, I'd love to have a hot version of that. But I don't. I also don't see Volvo just going, here's our hot version. I mean, yes, they have their Polestar terrible name. They have their Polestar yeah, tuner thing. But those are always unbelievably expensive. You're yeah. like, oh, everything about this sounds cool. And they get to the price and you go, oh, oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I just, that's the problem with those cars. I hope. They, they, they solve everything you hope for except the price just becomes exorbitant. Yeah. It, well, it's kind of like BMWs. Um, I, I guess. I hope that XC90, that is, a, that is a new styling direction. It feels fresh for Volvo. It feels yeah, fresh for it the does. industry. It does. I hope that car actually sort of trickles down throughout their lineup and actually sets Volvo, through Volvo. Sure. kind of sets them off again and be interesting. Finds them more as performance but luxury and kind of combines the two because you think even the five series BMWs or the seven series performance and luxury you kind of get both. I hope yeah. it really pushes in that direction. Honestly, that that would be cool. I, I want to see Volvo succeed and that, that car has that. really gotten me excited, even though it's. You know, I'm not in the market for it, but I, I'm very and it's not impressed. A, yeah, it's, an S, it's a full-on doing. SUV, but it is impressive. It really am. Not an enthusiast car, but I think we actually can put this to bed, can't we? I think we this can. This has been lots of episodes. I'm thrilled we got to do this. This has been enthusiast this has cars been from every fun. manufacturer, at least our attempt to do it, in, the, in spite of the places that we've gotten wrong. But many of you have loved this. Please be sharing this podcast. Please rate it on Stitcher, on iTunes. That absolutely helps us. Please keep doing that. Thank you for those that have. And, hey, if you haven't noticed, we make video. So please be watching us on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash everydaydriver, or go to our website, which, believe it or not, does have other content now and then. It does. That is everydaydriver.com. 
Whatever you're looking for us, we are Everyday Driver, so you can find us on Twitter, Facebook. Uh, yes, this is the podcast. Wherever you're finding podcasts, thank you for being here. Yeah. And keep sharing what we do. Yeah, that's keep sharing, rating, and reviewing, as Todd said. And also, we might have to come back and revisit this every so often because, as we said at the top of the podcast, mm-hmm. car manufacturers are going to continue to release hot stuff. We're going to have yes, to discuss these cars and, and come back to this. And also, if you have yeah. not seen our two films, we did start out with the 50 years of the 9-11 celebrating all all of the, the models throughout the 50 years of that 9-11 body style. Mm-hmm. That is available on Vimeo On Major Demand, transitions, yeah. on Amazon, on Blu-ray, and also the most recent film. This is Mid-Engines Mountains. We drove the Lotus Elise, the new Alfa mm-hmm. Romeo 4C, and the Porsche Cayman. We love that Porsche Cayman in base form. I can't wait for the GT4. Imagine I'm this GT4. Freaked yeah, out. I agree with you. I agree with you. Yeah, so, I know you're going to be you're going to be selling vital vital things. I think my to get that car. You're going to have a, All right, so, you're going to have, so, em- have an empty house <laughs> with a GT4 in the garage. That's how and, this is going to go. I mean. I got my priorities straight, at least. No, so check out those films. You can order both of them on Vimeo on Demand. You can get them on Amazon Blu-ray. Got a stack of them sitting here waiting for you to order. Please support us on Patreon if you can. And really, guys, send us your ideas. We're definitely open to it. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We really appreciate it from both of us. Really looking forward to talking to you. more car debates coming up. Yeah, we've got a lot more. So thank you guys so much.